Yo, this is Steve Bloom, the voice of Zeb in Star Wars Rebels. And you are listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So did you do a lot of decorating for Christmas this year? I started. Um, I have my main big purple Christmas tree. You have a purple Christmas tree? (laughs) Yes, I do. I have a purple. The branches are purple? The whole thing is purple. (laughs) Um, Of course you do. Of course you do. I can't have a regular Christmas tree because of allergies and stuff, so I have a artificial tree. It's purple with white lights. I've had it since I had my very first apartment um, that was on my own, like mine. And so I have a purple tree, and on that tree is... It's all Hallmark ornaments because that's all I have, really. And it's everything kind of like... It's basically non-Star Wars. Um, So there's... Peanuts and the Hallmark series that we do, um, and by Peanuts, I mean Snoopy and Charlie Brown. Um, you know, there's uh, there's some Marvel ones. There's Disney, lots of Disney. Um, and so we did that tree last night. The tree's been up for a while, and the outside decorations have been done, but um, we finally finished it off with the ornaments last night. And then we also set up my Star Wars tree. So... Is the purple tree and the Star Wars tree in the same room? Um, so the purple tree is in our dining room in the corner. We moved our dining room table, kind of rearranged the furniture, and it's in there. And then the um, Star Wars tree, which is a black tree, um, it's a black tree with rainbow lights, and or multicolored lights, I guess is what they call them. And it is a shorter tree. It's kind of like for a tabletop, like a nightstand kind of height sort of table or like an end table. Um, so it's shorter and it, uh, it's in the living room, like up against our big living room window, like right in the middle on a, on a little table. And it's got all of the, not all of my Star Wars ornaments made it because I'm, I still have some ornaments to pick up from my store. I've got about four Star Wars ornaments to add. So we kind of picked and choosed our favorite ones. And then underneath the tree, actually are my Black Series figures, so they're the presents under the tree. And then on the shelf of the table that it's on, it's like on an Ikea, like, end table, are all of my The Force Awakens pop vinyls. Wow. So it's kind of like a Force Awakens Star Wars sort of tree thing in the middle of the living room. <laughs> I'm ashamed. <laughs> I have. Yeah, why? <laughs> I have no such decorations. I This year we kind of went, we went all traditional. We didn't, I mean, I have Star Wars ornaments but we didn't use any this year they stayed in their boxes so by traditional what does that mean just like traditional ornaments that nothing that's like pop culture or anything like that you know so by what do you, what does that mean i don't know like those like glass balls and stuff you know like little ribbons little i think there's like a couple birds there might be an owl it's kind of got like a rustic look to it Interesting. You know, just more more decorative, but not. there's not, like, a lot of... Uh, we do have a lot of ornaments, like Pixar, Disney, Star Wars, all that stuff. Um, and usually we decorate the tree like that. But this year we decided to go a different route. Got it. I, I mean, there's yeah, enough yeah. Star Wars everywhere else, right? Like, if you go out to the stores, 
you know, you go even just turn on the TV, it's like surrounding you. So my Christmas tree is non-Star Wars this year. Hmm. We also, we do a, I don't know if you do any of those kind of like village houses or anything, but we do the Lego Winter Village where they release a new um, set or house or whatever for the village every year. And so we have that whole like Lego Winter Village thing set up. So also, this is, we rebuilt them. Yeah. This is episode one of Christmas with Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> the new podcast. That... <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to start any new podcast. Um, <laughs> right. This is actually Star Wars Bookworms number 49. Wow. 49. We're, al- we're almost at our big 5-0. Okay. So that timing it's seems good. almost as old as you. <laughs> oh. Burn. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so the listeners out there, I am not 50. No, he's not. <laughs> Many of you have met me. You can look at my Twitter. That's he's my real not. face. He's only five years older than me. So if you know how old I am, then you'll know how old he is. But, um, um, so what's been going on with our book? Our book club? Is that where you were going? You kind of cut off yeah. there. Oh, sorry. Uh, book club. How's it been going? Uh, it's been going good. Uh, Lost Stars was November, right? And I think December, although we're already nine days into December, but we're, we're kind of decided to take December off for the book club. Yes. The lead up to The Force Awakens, um, we figured we'd take the month off, but we'll probably do, I think in January, we'll probably do the uh, Force Awakens novelization for the book club. That yeah, sounds like uh, a good one. Yeah, yeah. That would be good. That's a good choice. <laughs> but we were talking about... it doesn't come out until like, I think like January 5th or something. Right. I mean, we can get the digital copy as early as release day of the movie. So people can start reading it by December 18th. So I think as long as we start in January, I think we're good. But. Yeah. Um, we've had a couple little news items. I mean, there's there's a lot of news out there, obviously, because the movie's getting ready to come out. But for us um, on Bookworms, it was really the cover of Aftermath Life Debt was revealed. Um, it's sort of yellow, which is not my favorite color in the universe, but, um, not terrible. Sort of yellow. It's kind of like, it's like all yellow. Yellow. (laughs) Well, yeah. Okay. It's yellow. Um, and it's got the Falcon on the front of it. And I think you pointed out to me that like, we can't see if this is old Falcon, new Falcon, because we can't see the radar dish. Yeah. I thought that was pretty clever on their part to show the the Falcon from a certain angle that we can't actually see if the dish has changed yet to the new rectangular dish that we see in the Force Awakens trailers. Um, But I would think that it needs a radar dish, and it lost the one in Return of the Jedi, so it probably has the new one on there. But maybe there's like an in-between dish that we're not even aware of. An in-between dish. Hexagonal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So We we tried for an oval, and uh, that didn't really work. Um, so we cut off its edges and made it a rectangle. <laughs> or maybe the, the, the in-between dish is like shaped like an Ewok's head or something. Oh, come on. That would be, <laughs> no, you're just, you're just playing off of, off of JJ Abrams from the press conference in LA last weekend, apparently. What did he say about Ewoks? I might oh, have... there was a question from the press. They asked if there were Ewoks in the film and his first response was alive. <laughs> And everybody was like, oh. That's funny. Um, I saw something cool today that oh, J.J. Yeah? Um, Abrams said in an interview about Leia um, and why she's not a Jedi in The Force Awakens. Mm. I thought that was interesting. Is this a spoiler? I mean, J.J. said in an interview, so 
technically it's not a spoiler, but he did say. And I that, think we already knew she wasn't going to be a Jedi. Yeah, he said she's not a Jedi, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're not going to see her use the Force in some way. So, because we know oh, she's well, now everybody's going to be expecting her to use the Force. No, I think it'll be more like a she can feel the presence of someone nearby. You know, rather oh, like than, she did in Return of the Jedi, rather than like Force throwing a stormtrooper up against the wall. I and like that, the voice you used for that. That, yeah, that's my life. Can you do that again? No. <laughs> she can feel something. I don't remember what you said. That's my force. It was very, it voice. was very soothing. Comment. Could you hear the like the force theme in the background as I was saying it? Yeah, <laughs> can hear it. Can hear it. <laughs> so, well, what do you think about the cover? There's not really much to it. Just a Millennium Falcon on a yellow background. It's yellow. <laughs> Definitely not as cool of a cover as Aftermath. I remember when no. Aftermath's <laughs> cover was revealed. I was like, oh, that's a really cool cover. This one was just like, okay, it's the Millennium Falcon. It's Slimming Falcon. So when you say Falcon, do you always say Falcon or do you some, sometimes say Falcon? I think I always say Falcon. I do too. Millennium Falcon. Some words I go back and forth on, like, for whatever reason, I catch myself saying Boba and Baba Fett. Really? Ba- Baba Fett? Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba like, Fett. I, like, interchange it. I don't know why. I can't, don't do that. I can't pick one. Don't do that. It's Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So, what are we doing on this episode? We're talking um, about Lost Stars. This yes. Is a book that the, yes. Oh the, my God. Okay. The book in the new canon that I think we both admitted that we were the, the most excited the for. Bestest one yet. Although I, I think I was more excited for Dark Disciple, but this was my second one. Bestest but. one yet. <laughs> You're already gonna tip your hand. You're saying this is the best one yet. It is the best one yet. Isn't there a song? It's like by the Black Eyed Peas or something where they're like, this is the best one yet. Sorry, I just got done doing Disney Vault Talk and we were singing. So uh, I have we don't my typically sing on Star Wars Bookworms. <laughs> no, but um, I apparently do. I was doing Elton John impressions. So um, wow. catch that. <laughs> I will definitely have to or listen to that episode. <laughs> it was good times. Good times. But yes, Lost Stars. All right. You ready for this? Yeah. I'm ready for this. I shall read this. It is... Oh, wow. Starting oh, I thought over. you were ready for it. I don't it. even know. I'm Apparently, I'm not. See, this is what happens when I get really excited. <laughs> I can't talk. So, it's Lost Stars, authors Claudia Gray, by the way. Female author. Awesome. Okay. Release date was October 6th of 2015, and the summary is as follows. The reign of the Galactic Empire has reached the Outer Rim planet of Jellucan, where aristocratic Thane Kyrell and rural villager Sienna Ree bond over their love of flying. Enrolling at the Imperial Academy together to become fighter pilots for the glorious Empire is nothing less than a dream come true for both of them. But Thane sours on the dream when he sees firsthand the horrific tactics the Empire uses to maintain its ironclad rule. Bitter and disillusioned, Thane joins the fledgling rebellion, putting Sienna in an unbearable position to choose between her loyalty to the Empire and her love for the man she's known since childhood. Now on opposite sides of the war, will these friends turn foes, find a way to be together, or will duty tear them and the galaxy apart? So this is one oh, of those. Oh, it's so good! <laughs> God. This is one of those instances that I feel like they give away too much in the, in like the the text there. Like if you read Not that. Not at all. Not at all. There's well, so much in this book. Okay, shut up. <laughs> no, I'm just saying in that text it already tells you that you know Thane goes to the rebellion and she stays with the Empire. Like 
But you don't really find that out in the book until pretty far into the book. So that it's kind of... makes it like you want to draw it in because you want to know what happens to these people because they're in love. And now they're on different sides. And it's like, oh, I'm being torn this way and you're being torn that way. But will we ever get to be together? Who knows? <laughs> I could already tell how this one's going to go. This is the magic of the YA genre. All yes. Right? Okay. So this is a YA novel. And you With were very Jeff excited Hill. about this. You're the oh my gosh, the self-proclaimed YA novel expert. I am not a YA novel expert. When it comes between like the two it. of us, out of the two of us, out of, yes, I am. <laughs> you're definitely the expert. Um, you you read a lot of YA. You're familiar with the genre. Um, so did this live up to your expectations? As Above far as what and beyond, like oh my god, like why is there not a sequel? And I know Claudia Gray is writing another novel, and it's not a sequel to this. But like, where is my sequel? Well, they definitely left it wide open for a Seriously, sequel. like way, way wide open. Nash Windrider is like they're getting ready to wreak havoc on so the wait, world. Are we are we gonna like go in any kind of order here or are we just gonna jump around? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we're already at the end. <laughs> Sorry. Go back back to the beginning. They were children. <laughs> children on the planet. On children on the planet sounds like that sounds like jello. So I will say this. Just from the beginning of this novel, I was, I was um, hooked. Like I was already looking forward to this one, but I wasn't sure what it was going to be like, and I had heard good things about it. But right at the very beginning, like I was just hooked. Like something about the way that Claudia Gray wrote this novel, it just it sucked me in right away, and there was no point where I didn't want to keep reading. Like I'll get when I read these books, when I read Star Wars books, there will be points where I get to, and I'm just like, ah, space battle, like. I'm really bored right now. Um, not every novel, but it happens from time to time. But with this one, I would, it was just a page turner. Like, I just kept going. Like, not that I read it straight through, you know, because I wish I had that kind of time, but I don't. But it, I did have a hard time putting it down, and I can't really say that about uh, a lot of the recent novels. Wow, that's impressive. See, I wasn't sure how this was going to work out for you because you seemed a little bit hesitant. And then I was kept pushing. I was like, we need to do this one before Aftermath. And you were like, hey, I don't want to. And then I was like, but we need to. And then you – and so now I'm like very pleasantly I'm, – I'm happy because I was right. Um, <laughs> you were right about what? I, I still about read you enjoying Aftermath it. I know. I know. But like we get to do the episode first and you liked it. You I did. Oh, it. yeah. And I thought yes. I would like it. I was a little intimidated by the size of it and the fact that it was a love story. Um I don't like romance in my Star Wars. That's uh, I. You keep saying that about me. You. That's what you say. No, I. You've said that on. I don't mind occasions. it if it's done well. I like Dark Disciple. That was a romance novel. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, true. So, I think when done well, like I didn't like Tatooine Ghost. I don't know if you ever read that, an old Troy Denning novel, but I didn't like that novel at all, and that was kind of a love story. Um. So. But yeah, this one, I don't know, like something about the characters, um, I liked that it was new characters to us, but in familiar settings. Mm -hmm. I just really loved that. Like the characters were both um, just really well written. And then, you know, the different people that they ran into, every every character that kind of came up in the novel, I I just really enjoyed reading about. Um, I mean, there was, the, I had some issues with it. There, It wasn't like I enjoyed everything about the novel, but just from like a writing quality standpoint, um, it was just really well done. 
Well, let's talk about the issues that we had, if any, you know, just off the top. So, like, what was one of your issues that you had? Um, so one of my issues that I had, like, I kind of referred to these characters in um, familiar situations. It did seem a little too convenient that they were put into these situations. Um, and I know it was kind of a purpose. They were trying to show us the setting of, you know, things that we know from the movies, but from a different perspective. But, you know, the fact that suddenly, oh, he's a, or she's a TIE pilot now, even though she's already, like, at this level in her career where she probably shouldn't be flying TIE fighters anymore. Um, so it did seem a little convenient from time to time, but I gave that a pass because it, I, I understood the purpose of it. But um, that was a very minor issue that I had. Well, to comment on that, like, for me, I didn't really view it that way that, like, she shouldn't be doing those things. The way I saw it is that her true love, her main love in the world is flying. And so, you know, when people get into roles of power and they move up and rank and stuff, they stop being able to do the things that they loved in the first place about the job. And so it only seemed natural to me for her to try to get back in the pilot seat as often as possible. Well, and the way I kind of looked at it, too, another good explanation could be that, you know, after the loss of the Death Star and the Empire was kind of struggling, you know, there wasn't, they lost a lot of good, you know, pilots and they lost a lot of good officers. Um, so that would kind of explain why she was able to, or she had to do work like that. But then she, another reason why she kind of moved up so fast, too, you know, she was commanding, you know, we're jumping to the end again, but she was commanding a Star Destroyer and she was only 25. Right. You know, so, but it makes sense because they were really low on officers at that time. Because they're all getting blown up. Yeah. Blown so to bits. They weren't doing too too well against the rebellion. Mm-mm. Um, I'm not really sure if I had any issues. I'm trying to think because I like, I'd like to be critical like where I can. Um, I think maybe if I have one, it's just that like I've, I feel – I don't even know if I can really call this a criticism. But, like, I feel like her character hardened way too much for the person that I had grown to really enjoy. So I feel like Sienna Ree's character at the end when she's actually, like, having a fist fight with Thane um, – I feel like that might have been kind of out of character for her. But then I also have to think, like, she's suffering from PTSD and, like, you know, a bunch of other things. And so she's really just mentally, like, screwed up in the head. And she's definitely suicidal. Um, this kind of came at a good time because I was actually teaching about mental health stuff in my class that I teach my students. And so I was kind of recognizing a lot of those tendencies in Sienna and – so maybe it's not like out of character for her because of the way the character was developing, but I just kind of felt like it, it felt a little bit off. Um, I mean, I love the fact that she like kicked his ass, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was just like, Oh man, like I wanted him to just like knock her out and just drag her off that thing. Like I've never wanted a guy to punch a girl before, but I was like, dude, just knock her out and just drag her butt out of there. Well, that's what you ended know? up happening, right? Yeah, I know. But so when it happened, I was like, thank God. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Well, even her character in general, um, I mean, I know, once again, this is for purposes of the story. They needed one of them to be on one side and the other to be on the other side. But it's hard to justify staying with the Empire. So there were times in the book where I kept looking at it thinking, man, like, she's seen enough. Like, it can't be that hard for her to realize she needs to leave this thing, you know. 
Yeah, um, but you got to think about too, like all the other people that stayed too. Oh, I know, but we didn't really get to get inside their heads, mm-hmm. but we did get to get inside her head, and you know, the love of her life was like on the other side of the fight. You would think that even that would be a good enough reason, um, but she, I think, because of her upbringing and because of you know, that was so ingrained in her that loyalty. Like once she gave her loyalty to the empire, no matter what the empire did she still stayed loyal to them. And that, I think, a lot is from her culture. Um, so it kind of did make sense. But from my perspective, I'm sitting there thinking, come on, like, get out of there. Like, you know you shouldn't be fighting for this. these people. They're horrible. Right. And you know what's funny is I don't usually read, like, the publisher summaries and things before I read a book um, because we get these and we know we have to read them, right? So I don't really read the publisher summaries. So when I was reading it, I was trying to figure out, like, who was going to be the one that was going to go to um, – the rebellion and stuff and I'm not sure if I was surprised or not but I feel like I was kind of surprised that it was Thane at first and then I'm like oh no that makes sense um if I'd read the publisher summary I would have known but I didn't um and uh I mean again I didn't really have a ton of problems with the book there's more stuff that I love about the book than that I didn't like um my big my biggest problem with the book is the ending um, but maybe let's not talk about that yet. We can save that for a little bit later. Um, but I would like to hear kind of, it sounds like you just really, you know, were head over heels for this one. Could you like point out some of your favorite things about it? What made it so good? I really like the way that they went through familiar events with us in a timeline. Um, so we have all of the events from the films. And so I could put this in place like where things were happening and it was cool to see things from a different angle um and getting to see like how that stuff could have transpired and that these characters could have been present during all of these events you know and that Thane actually could have been on Hoth and all of that kind of stuff like I thought that was really really great I liked some of the tie-ins of some of the characters that we know so like Luke and Wedge and Grand Moff Targaryen and Mon Mothma and Akbar and like some of the other just that stuff that they sort of mixed in. I thought it was pretty cool. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things you just said there. Um, so we did get, well, let's talk about Tarkin. Cause he was like the first one we got kind of the first mm-hmm. cameo. And I know a lot of people were commenting on, Oh wow. Like this is a nice Tarkin. You know, he, we're seeing a different side of Tarkin. How did you interpret that when we, when we saw kind of this nicer side of Tarkin? That Tarkin to me was Steven Stanton's target Tarkin from the Clone Wars and from Rebels. Like, that's the Tarkin I Im- I saw in my mind. Okay. Because that Tarkin is not the cratchety old Tarkin from the Death Star. It's the younger Tarkin. Because it was years before that. Right. So for me, like, I was like, oh, we're getting slimy, manipulative Tarkin. Yeah, right. Mal- manipulative is a perfect word to describe. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's so nice. Like, he's being nice to children. I'm like, no, he's trying to recruit them into the Empire. <laughs> like, he's not necessarily being nice he's using kindness to manipulate them um, but i guess to put this in perspective uh, i think i'm right on this they are close to the same age as luke right mm-hmm. if not I, uh um thane and sienna i think they're older okay they're i thought older i remember them because saying they were at one point that one of them at least one of them was born the same year as the the empire was born Maybe. I mean, so, I mean, we can put it in that, like, they're about the same age, somewhere around there. Okay, so I think that they're, you know, they should be around that same age range. So if we're talking about they meet Tarkin, I think they were, like, at that point, they were only, like, six years old, right? 
Six and seven, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it still would have been uh, Rebels or pre-Rebels era. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the same age as Ezra. Right. Somewhere around there. I mean, he's a little bit older. Yeah, definitely. He's... Um. Yeah, because I think Luke, Ezra, these guys, these guys, are, they're all kind of, they were all born the same year, I believe. Yeah, somewhere around there. And Leia, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and her. <laughs> I forget about Leia. Now, let's just talk about, like, maybe the characters for a minute. Like, who is your favorite out of all of them? Uh, hmm. Probably Sienna. Poor K. That's why in Spanish. Poor K? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. She just seemed a little bit deeper. There was more to her. Um, I, and I think, you know, I was kind of complaining about the fact that she didn't leave the Empire. But I like the idea of this character that just was so loyal. Um, that's, you know, all she knew how to do was be loyal. Um, even given so many reasons why she should have left, uh, she still stuck around. Um, I thought that made her character more interesting. Um, and she was the one that was kind of coming from poverty and, you know, not necessarily privilege. So I think that also made her more interesting. Um, so, yeah. She so was, she was more relatable to you? Um, probably a little bit more relatable. Um, Thane just seemed, I don't know. It, he Something about him was just a little bit more plain and it just, just not as interesting. Plain Thane? Plain Thane. There you go. <laughs> um well that's kind of interesting because i i loved Sienna. i thought she was great but i actually loved thing um i liked him a lot because he f- figured out that even though he came from um it being entitled you know he never embraced that entitlement he knew what it meant to care for other people and to um be nice and be kind and to take care of others because he's been taking care of Sienna since she was little, little, little. Um, and so I really like that about him. I like the fact that he stood up for what he believed in and the fact that he wasn't just going to sit around and like let the Empire do what it was doing and be part of it. And he he did what he had to do for himself. Um, that was something I really liked about this is that these two characters, even though they loved each other and they cared about each other, they did what they had to do for them. Even... You know, they didn't form some kind of codependent relationship and stuff like that. They accepted the fact that they didn't agree and they knew that they may not ever see each other again, but they did what felt was right by them. And not only that, but they respected each other for it. Um, they may not have liked it, but they respected each other. And in a way, they had a really healthy relationship. Um, you know, of so, course, they had some moments. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, they barely compare- even saw each other. <laughs> I mean, once they realized they loved each other, they like met two more times. I, I yeah, don't know. I think, think there was some situations of war. You know, true. I mean, they were obviously not in ideal situations. You know, they they were separated for you know pretty big reasons. But um, think about okay, but think about Star Wars relationships. Okay, in the grand scheme of healthy relationships, like Anakin and Padme are like the worst. They're they have a terrible oh, yeah. codependent, very damaging relationship. You know, these guys, you're going to go through times like that with the person that you're in love with, you know, where they do stuff that pisses you off and you're bitter and you're upset and you wish that they would see things your way. But they never tried to stop each other. They never tried to get get in each other's way, you know. I just thought it was kind of sad that a lot of, like, the beginning of – because they were, like, best friends growing up and they did everything together and, 
they initially joined the empire together, but then they they ended up kind of getting separated. Um, and then they had that whole incident with the blaster or cannon. Was it a blaster it, cannon? Yeah, or something? it was a blaster cannon. And that whole incident, which was a big misunderstanding, and that really broke them apart. And it seemed like there was a lot of pettiness there because it was like, well, if you guys would just talk to each other, you could kind of work this out. That's because they're in, they're like teenagers. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and that's probably the part where me is, you know, I'm kind of past that phase in my life that it's harder for me to relate with that and be like, come on, guys, let's just work it out. That's um, not how life don't works. Don't not talk for two years. <laughs> oh, know? come on. Think about yourself in high school. <laughs> I don't remember that far back. Uh, I do because I teach it, you know. So, I mean, that that's very normal. Right. So... And that's, you know, it's written toward, you know, it's written as a YA novel. So it's, you know, it's kind of written from that perspective. True. Um, and look at, and look at the, look at the other books that they can't, like kids this age that are reading these that they have to compare it to. Twilight? I mean, come on. I never like, read Twilight. Well, I, you don't have to read Twilight to understand <laughs> on the basics of it that it is a terrible, like very unhealthy relationship between her and two different people. You know, like, terrible. So you're saying like, teenagers their... like to read about dysfunctional relationships. Is that what you're telling me? No. What I'm saying is that they actually have a book to read that shows them, some, you know, a relationship that's very relatable to them and something that they can that they can look up to as opposed to what is in Twilight. You know, um, there's a bunch of other YA novels like stuff that people wouldn't really know that probably listen to this that have a lot of dysfunctional like and I'm just going to say it like bullshit in it you know and it's it's disturbing and it makes me wonder like why these YA people put that in there because like what are you trying to teach these kids and, mm -hmm. I, and maybe it comes from the fact that I teach teenagers I teach people who read this stuff and like I would actually recommend it for this book mm -hmm. oh definitely yeah I, and I don't think they're Sometimes when you hear the word dysfunctional, it sounds like almost, I don't know, like it, their relationship when they were together was very strong. Um, and they, they were very uh, generous to each other, kind to each other. Um, there was obviously like, there was no kind of um, mental manipulation going on or like, there. I like the fact that there was no love triangle, you know, where somebody's trying to make the other one jealous by, you know, talking to this other guy, like that whole thing that you do find in, you know, some of these YA things. There tends to always be some sort of a love triangle, and I like that they stayed away from that in this story. Like, it kind of started because Nash Windrider, like, tried to right. be involved with Sienna, and she, like, shut him down. I, I love like, that. That was awesome. I thought that was great because it was almost like she was, she was, the writer was telling us, hey, I know that this is, like, a trope that you find in these YA novels, and I'm going to tease you with it. And then, nope, we're not going to do that. <laughs> you know? That was great. Yeah. So I, I really like that. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. Their relationship, I and I think even by the end, which is kind of what I was saying about not necessarily liking the end, is they're still not, they still haven't figured it out. You know, there's still some pretty big strife going on in their relationship by the end. Well, yeah. And I think that's something that's really going to happen. You know, I mean... You and I both know, like, relationships, relationships are not smooth. Um, you go through a lot of bumps, and I can only imagine a relationship that takes place during a war and people having two different sets of ideals. And to be honest, like, Sienna was in denial for a long time. Um, 
And it makes me sad that she was in denial because I really wish she could have seen it sooner and maybe she would have gotten out. Right. I like how how Thane, you know, comes to this conclusion that he's going to leave and then he just assumes that she's going to leave too, you know. He yeah, thinks that, was that they're funny. thinking the same way and then she's thinking, oh no, like he's going to stay and she's thinking he she's going to leave and then, you know, they both surprise each other, I guess, in a bad way. Um, it was kind of funny, but at the same time, kind of tragic, you know, that they they misread each other that bad. Well, and I think it's because, you know, they both want the other person to do, you know, what they want them to do, like, ex- or what they're going to do, basically. And so they just assume that they can read each other's minds and that they're just going to do that. And um, I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. And even like, and that was the point I think that proved um, Sienna's love to Thane was the fact that she told him she was going to turn him in. You know, she was going to stay loyal to the Empire. She said, I'll I'll be loyal to you tonight, but once I leave, I'm loyal to the Empire and I'm going to have to turn you in. And then she never turned him in, you know, which I I know that was pretty awesome. She went against her code. You know, she went against that ingrained loyalty that kept her in the Empire, but she still went against it because she loved him. So, and I, I think it shows that she has that capability. Um, and I think it proved to her that she could do it if she really, really wanted to. And I think what it boils down to is that she was in so much denial that she really didn't want to do that. You know, because if she had, if she had opened herself up to what was really going on, like she should have left a long time ago. Right. Um, so we were talking about the cameos a little bit earlier and we, we kind of stopped at Tarkin. Um, what was your, I mean, because we did get a number of cameos. What was your favorite cameo appearance by a, an original trilogy character? Mm, I didn't really have, I have one. one. No, I just thought it was a neat nod. I liked um, a couple of things that stuck out to me. I liked the um, interaction with Vader. I thought that was kind of cool where she kind of oh, that go was him actually up. really good. I did love that. I thought that was cool. Um, and then I also thought that the Leia showing up kind of at that party mm-hmm. and Thane actually ha- uh, dancing with her, and I thought that was pretty cool too. Those those two things I thought were kind of what stuck out to me for those cameo appearances. Wedge Antilles' appearance was good too. Seems like he's showing up like in a lot of these novels now, so I wonder if he's going to be a focus going forward with books. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Um I do like your the the cameo with Vader if I had a favorite, like it would be my favorite because it was just kind of a really cool a cool moment because you never really figure out what happened to Vader when you sort of just spun off like that. Right, like how did he get back? <laughs> they they sent her to go get him. Which she, it's um, like he's humbled, but at the same time, you know, she's just kind of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna mess with this guy because I know his powers. Yeah, and they were there were some other cool characters. Um, I actually really liked Kindy. Ideally, um, she was very hippie to me, and I kind of love that. Um, some of these side characters were really good. Also, I love the names. They're very Star Wars names, but yet stuff you could actually use in, like, real life. Right, yeah, that's what I liked about the naming convention. There wasn't anything, like, really off the wall that we get in some, you know, EU materials. Um, Not that we haven't gotten some off-the-wall names in canon materials, but um, I did think the naming in this was good. And there was even some pretty normal names. I think there was a character named Jude, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pretty normal name. Even... 
even I don't know how how do you say her name? Are you saying it Sina? Who? Sienna. It's Sienna. It's Sienna. Okay. Sienna Re. All right. So that even and, Sienna see, I is have like benefit. spelled different. Have, it's kind of a normal name too. I have the benefit of I actually read this through audiobook. Ah. So like I actually have the benefit of like knowing the names of stuff and planets and everything because I heard it. Okay. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure exactly how to pronounce her name if it was Sina or Sienna. Yeah, so. it's Sienna. Got it. Sienna Re. Did you have any favorite parts? Not really. I think just, like I said, it just, it was one of those things where I just never wanted to put it down. Like I was always engaged. Um, and I think that helped considering how big the book was that helped me get through it faster. Um, so, I mean, pretty much from the beginning to the end, I was, I was pretty, pretty engaged with the novel. I can't really think of anything that sticks out as like my favorite part. Um, I just kind of like a lot of those cameo appearances I thought were, were standout even some of the battles that they were involved in. I mean, I guess the reveal at the end that the death, the star destroyer that crashes that we see on Jakku is mm-hmm. the one that she was the captain of. So kind of that, like as that's happening and you're like, Oh wow. Oh, yeah, like this I, is like, I love that. This is like le- not necessarily leading into the movie. Cause a lot of time is going to pass um, between that, but just kind of that tie in to the beginning of the force awakens or to the force awakens. Um, I thought was kind of a, a nice touch yeah um i have a couple of favorite parts i think my first one is going to be that in sequence with the crashing of the star destroyer on jakku and kind of how all of that rolled out um that was really neat to be like oh that's what that is oh my god <laughs> uh, i thought that was really neat and i love that whole scene with them fighting and getting off and all that junk um i was really sad that like the rebellion didn't give her a pass you know, it's like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> they didn't um, know who she was. I mean, to them, she was just a war criminal. War criminal? She was a war criminal. A <laughs> war criminal? She, yeah, um, she was a war criminal. My next favorite part was actually the scene on, um, gosh, what, was it actually back on Jellucan where they met up? Yep. And had their one night of passionless that was your other favorite scene i actually love that i loved finally getting to see the intimacy between the two of them and how much they really love each other that was something i'd been waiting for i was waiting for them to let their walls down and just be able to be with each other and i think that really solidified for me like just how awesome this book really is because there has not been a star wars book at least to my knowledge from what i've read that has really allowed for this kind of a relationship to be um to just be able to show two characters being all about each other and in a very passionate way, in a very simple, you know, sort of, I guess, stripped down, bare kind of way. And um, I felt like it just, it it felt Star Wars to me while also feeling real. And I yeah. enjoyed it. I mean, having read a lot of Star Wars novels, um, and there have been, you know, instances of passion and those type of moments in former novels i mean even as recent as dark disciple we got you know right but it wasn't the same as this no no you're right you're right that's that's kind of where i was going um i feel like this took it to a different level um and was much more overt about it um and not kind of like talking around it and like kind of implying what was happening but actually you know just basically being really upfront about what was going on 
Um, so yeah, that was, it was a little different and I think kind of interesting that it's coming if all these adult level novels that they've had that a younger level novel is the first one to kind of go there. <laughs> Did it, was it uncomfortable for you at any point? Because I actually kind of thought when I watched it or when I watched it, when I was listening to it, there was parts of me that thought like, oh, Aaron's going to, he might get uncomfortable. Cause you always say like, you don't like, you know, like romance and stuff in your Star Wars. So I was actually kind of nervous that you wouldn't, you know. Um, not that it made me uncomfortable. Um, you know, I'm a grown man. But <laughs> um, I think that it just felt a little different because I, I wasn't used to that kind of stuff in Star Wars novels. Um, but, you know, you get plenty of that in other types of novels that I've read. So, um, you know, it didn't necessarily make me uncomfortable. Just kind of like, oh, they use the word sex like a couple times in this book, which I don't know if that's ever happened before in a Star Wars novel. Um and I think they referred to it as banging at one point. <laughs> so it was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. That's some real world terminology that I'm not typically used to seeing in Star Wars, but it didn't seem too out of place for the type of story that it was. Yeah. I mean, and it didn't bother me at all, but like, I'm just always kind of curious, you know, and I know there's a lot of parents that are, you know, interested in letting their kids read this. And I would say it's definitely, you know, for your probably 13 and up range book. I was yeah I was gonna say that like as far as um recommending it to a younger uh kid like I was trying to think like would I recommend this to like my 10 year old niece or nephew probably not Mm-mm. that would probably be a little that I and me personally I would say that would be a little too too young um for some of the content in the book um but I'm sure others would be like oh no that's fine I mean, like, if I was going to let, if I had, you know, like, a 10-year-old daughter or 10-year-old son or whatever, and I was going to have them read this, like, I would actually probably read it along with them. And when we get to that point, like, have those conversations. Like, I could use it as a gateway into talking about different things. And I think that's a great way to use Star Wars, you know, is to be able to use these examples and to be able to also use that for real life purposes. And, um, but if I was just giving it to kids to read, like, I would say, like, high school age um, if like if the kids weren't mine, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I might actually try to get my nephew to read this, although he'd be like, "Oh, that's big. I'm not reading." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my 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 younger sister is, um, I believe she's 18. She's either 17 or 18. I'm not sure. I should know that. Um, but I think like that would be, this this novel. I've already actually recommended it to her. Um, would be kind of perfect for that age level. Yeah, I mean, I I even think younger. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would like you said earlier 13. I'm kind of there with you. I'm kind of thinking 13 and up, you know, this would be good for them. Um, younger than that, that would be up to the discretion of the parent. Do you think that this would make a good movie? I almost feel like it would make like a good miniseries. Yeah. Um, be- there's so much that happens, um, and I feel like it'd be tough to squeeze it into a movie. Not that you would need like a full series, but maybe just kind of like a, a mini series, 10 episodes, something like that. Um, I definitely think that could work. I mean, it does end kind of open-ended, so this story can continue. Um, hopefully with the success of this novel, it seems to be pretty successful, I think at least critically, um, that we may see a sequel or at least see these characters again. Yeah. I mean, would you like for there to be a sequel? Because I would. I'd love for there to be a sequel. Yeah, I do. I do think that it would be cool. And I think that part of my issue, and I guess we can talk about it now, um, because I think we've covered a lot of other things, 
but the ending to me was like oh this this is the first part of a series you know but there is no sequel announced so i didn't necessarily like that it was written in a way that it was so open ended i kind of was were was hoping for a little bit more closure at the end i was thinking as this ship is going down i'm like oh they're going to totally die together like you know this big moment where they you know they're in each other's arms and you know realize that they made a mistake and they're finally together at the end and boom they're dead and that's it you know i thought that's the way it was going to end and then all of a sudden it's like oh wait no they survived oh wait she's in prison and she's like really pissed at him <laughs> you know like wait where's the closure yeah there wasn't any closure i ended it going ah because <laughs> i was listening to it in the car when it ended and i was like no come on uh yeah, so, so that's kind of where I've, I almost feel like they have to do a sequel, and I think they probably will. Um, the only thing that has me a little concerned is that, like you said earlier, Claudia Gray is writing another novel for Star Wars, but she's now writing a Del Rey novel um, that is not associated to this. Not that these characters couldn't maybe show up in that novel, but um, so she is kind of busy doing other things as opposed to writing a sequel to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I wanted to write a sequel to it really bad. Like, really, really, really bad. Yeah. And I can't wait to read more of her stuff. And I actually want to go and read other things of hers that are not Star Wars now because I love the way she writes. And I'm kind of like, yay. Like, we have Christy Golden who writes amazing. Um, and now we have Claudia Gray, Cecil Castellucci. Like, there's just not... There's becoming more um, female writers, but, like, really cool. Good to see. And I'm glad Del Rey picked her up to write something. Yeah. And I hope we get more, even from uh, Disney publishing like this, you know, more of these, this type of uh, a book. Because it, it just had a whole different flavor than what we're getting right now from Del Rey. Not that what we're getting from Del Rey is bad. Um, you know, I'm enjoying what's coming out of Del Rey. But this just had a whole different flavor to it. And I liked that change of pace. Oh, I did too. It, it felt different. It felt fresh. It felt new. Um, it was exciting. Um, and I think it was really good for, for, um, for Disney publishing to kind of have this book so that they can be seen as a reputable, you know, I don't know, publisher for Star Wars books, because I know there were people that were like, well, you know, Delray really does the best job and they do a fantastic job, but at least now Disney publishing is getting some props for what they're doing. And they definitely didn't Disneyfy it. No, they did not you know, Disneyfy you know, it. It didn't like you weren't reading it like oh the you know this is like a Disney book at all like I I would forget that it was even associated to Disney, um because it just didn't have you know I know people use that term Disneyfy I don't think we're I don't think anything is going to be Disneyfied by Disney you know when it comes to Star Wars, um from what we're seeing. I would agree. So overall, I mean, you enjoyed it. You want a sequel? I want a sequel too. Um, Disney Publishing, if you're listening, we would like a sequel from Claudia Gray, please. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so did you get, uh, I did want to mention this. Um, there were some similar vibes because we had just recently been reading the um, Servants of the Empire series with with Zare Leonis. Who has? Oh, we that. Have. Sorry. I was, <laughs> no, it's not, it's not Servants of the Empire. I'm looking at the Servant, cover so, right is now. It, isn't Servants of the Empire that comic? No, Servants of the Empire is the Zare Leonis No, books. you're right. So what are those comics called? 
There's too many names of things. What's the new the new set of comics that came out that talks about Poe? Uh, uh, Shattered Empire. There we go. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the the yes, servants of the empire. We are reading those <laughs> novels. I thought there were a lot of similarities because of the Imperial Academy setting. Oh, I know. I love that. I loved how it just kind of like sort of went together, you yeah. know? And they even mentioned the Academy on Lothal at one point, which I, I thought was that cool. Too. But yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's really neat. Like people who aren't reading those and then read this, like they won't get what we're talking about. But that was a really cool tie-in too that I forgot about. Well, I think and maybe people that have read Lost Stars that like it and want something similar. Although, I, you know, Servants of the Empire is written for younger audiences than, you know, the YA novels are. You know, it's more of a junior level, but still, the type of story that it is is very similar um, as far as the setting. So, if you want to know more about the inner workings of the Imperial Academy, you definitely should read *Servants of the Empire*. Um, and I've I've liked the *Servants of the Empire* books so far. I have too. I've liked them a lot. So um, I guess that's it. Do you have anything else you want to add? Not really. I, I think that that kind of covers it. Do were you so you did say you at the end you were just kind of like, "Oh, you know, it's over." Were you okay with that kind of cliffhanger ending or did that did that have any kind of a negative aspect to you? It took me about 2 hours to get over it, but I finally <laughs> was like, "Okay. Well, I'm just going to pray for a sequel." But um I was screaming for a while. I was like they can't do this, no, and then I'm like, well, that's how it is. Such is life. So is I life. I don't know. I think you know maybe not right away, but I'm sure we will get some sort of a conclusion to the story of Sienna and Thane. I want to see some fan art of Sienna and Thane. Now that I think about it, I feel like, like the... I want to see like what they look like to yeah. people. I feel like there's been something at least about Sienna. Am I wrong about that? I thought that I saw mm-hmm. um, some sort of art. I don't know if it was fan. I think it was fan art now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't think there's any official art now that I'm looking it up a little bit. But I thought No, that- I don't think there's any official art. I just wish there that there was something, you know, just that some people would do some fan art for me. That'd be great. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure I saw some... Uh, for Sienna. So if I come across it again, I will send you the link. Sounds good. But I think we've I think we've exhausted the uh, topics that we could cover in this book. Yeah, me too. And I think it was good. I mean, we really enjoyed it, and um, it seems like most of the people in the book club enjoyed it too. I think the only people who really don't enjoy it, they're just not YA fans. Like they just can't wrap their brains around it. And that's fair. Like it's not, you know, there needs to be books for everybody, especially at this point with the way that Star Wars is growing. So, not everything is going to be your cup of tea. Um, you know, we have been asked a couple more questions about like what we think about the current canon. I think we've already established you and I really like it, um, and we try not to compare it to the EU, basically. Yeah, I think um, you know, I think just like what we got from the Legends side of things, that you know, there's good and bad with the new canon too, and I think that's just going to be the way it is no matter if it's legends new canon or what what we get you know 10 15 years from now um there's always going to be good there's always going to be bad and it's it's all about personal taste you know yeah. so true 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 well um let's see what are we doing on our next episode Aaron? i th- 
I'm not sure. I don't think we've decided yet. There is so much um, with the Journey of the Force Awakens, so much content uh, that I think we have a lot of different directions we can go. I know we haven't covered the the you know, Han, Luke, and Leia Jr. novels yet. Um, Shattered Empire is out there. Um, there's some other comics from Marvel. You know, So I think there's a lot of different ways we can go. So it's probably just something we need to, to figure out. But. Yeah, when there's aftermath and stuff. So honestly, we really don't know what's coming next, but we can tell you that we will not be back until January um, with the holidays and stuff coming up and family going to be in town and things like that. We will be back out to you in January. And I think um, that it's fair to say that we there's a pretty good possibility that we might pop in and do an episode specifically about the movie. Yeah, I know, I we will do that. So, so we will have a proper books podcast in January, but there will be one at the end, um, towards the end of December after the movies come out uh, about the Force Awakens. Yeah, I think we'll make. I know this this podcast we typically talk about books and comics, but I think we'll make an exception um, for the the big event that's coming up. And you know, we're less than we're in single digits now, so we're about eight days away. Super, super excited. Um, and I know you are too, so. Yeah, so we will definitely have a have an episode, another episode in December. I'd forgotten about that. Then we talked about doing a movie episode, but yeah, we're doing one. <laughs> it is happening. So if you want to hear us talk about the movie, um, tune in to us next time and just pay attention to our social media and stuff. And so this is how you can get in touch with us. We are on Twitter. We are at SWBookworms. And feel free to send us an email with your thoughts on things. We are StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. And you can like us on Facebook. Uh, Just search Star Wars Bookworms and you'll find us there. You can leave us a nice five-star review on iTunes. If you listen to our show and you enjoy it, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and leave us a review uh, you can find Teresa on Instagram and Twitter at Ice Cold Penguin and Aaron is on Twitter and Instagram he's at A.V. Goins G-O-I-N-S so until next time keep on reading and may the force be with you